Jastin, sing us a song about the summer. Uh, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine. I don't the know what the fuck is wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> don't make a sound. Is... Don't 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 cue the sound. Don't do it. <laughs> I won't. I won't cue any of the sounds. Okay, thank goodness. But what the fuck was that? That was the least summary thing you could have sang. A terrible failure of an attempt. The first thing I thought of was Summertime by Will Smith. See, that would have been fine. Yeah, that would have been fine. That's a good song. You could have done uh, Summer of 69 by Brian Adams. You could have done, what is that, Girls of Summer by 98 Degrees or some shit. Would Surfing USA be a summer song? Or is that no. more like a beach? That's a beach song. Oh. It's by the fucking Beach Boys. What about that Grease song? Summer Lovin'. Oh, see? That would have worked. Could have sang Summer Lovin'. And you could have just skipped over the parts that were mildly about rape. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how times change. <laughs> I'm still incredibly surprised that at least people of our age more or less grew up with like Grease as like a very popular movie for kids our age to watch even at a young age. And I'm like, yeah, those songs were fucking filthy. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, what in Grease lightning, it's a real pussy wagon and the chicks will cream and just parents. Okay with it. Oh boy. They weren't hip with the lingo. <laughs> Man, That was their lingo. <laughs> I mean, it, and is there really a time when somebody calls a car a pussy wagon that they don't know what they're talking about? Right. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't one of those things that, you know, Back in the 1960s, a pussy wagon meant a totally different thing. It just meant a car with all the cool cats in it. <laughs> You've seen Grease, right, Justin? Yes, it was a long time ago, though. A long time ago. But you were still late to seeing it, though. You didn't watch it as a yeah. kid, though, right? No, no, not as a kid. It was hella late when I saw it. I remember back, like, maybe at the beginning of high school or something, they did, like, a for some reason, the songs from that, like, the little mashup they did for all the Grease songs were popular again, and I don't remember why. That's because they did a re-release of the movie. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, I remember Around that. early high school for you and me, Heather, Jastin was... Since, you know, he's an old man and already graduated. Oh. Um, but yes, that was the 20th anniversary of Greece. So it re-released in theaters. And so, yeah, they did that one super mashup song. Yeah. Like beginning with Grease Lightning and ending with Summer Nights, I think. Yeah. Or some shit like that. Did did any of you guys watch the, the Grease live when Fox did that? Fox or NBC, one of them? Negative. I did not. When, when did that happen? Like a couple year years ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think it had oh, Julianne Huff in it, right? Something like that. And Vanessa uh, Hudgens played Rizzo. Oh, that's right. It was just okay. But they did, they sanitized the fuck out of it too, which I don't blame them. They did clean up a lot of it though. But yeah, I remember what in junior high, I think one of our local theater productions put that on. And we went to see that for school, I think. Something like that. And I just don't know what version of it they did. Because if you just do the actual play, like the actual songs and stuff, yep, just filthy. <laughs> All those damn perverts back in the 1960s. Basically. But since Justin failed us on a summer song, let's just play the intro. <laughs> Whoa, that's not our intro. I have the totally <laughs> the wrong sound effects queued up. <laughs> that's what you did. My bad. Let me... I was not ready for that, apparently. Just all kinds of messing it up. Wait, where do I go for... Hold on. See, now I'm all fucked. Because I see it up on my computer. I, I, I have the soundboard queued up on my computer, right? But all that does is program the mixer. So hold on. I've got to find the damn... Nope, not that one. Nope. Ah, found it. Now we just cue the intro. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. If you could not tell by our lovely banter beforehand, we will be talking about uh, just doing a recap of the 2019 summer movie season. Now, movie summers are different than regular summers. I know it's not actually out of summer yet, but movie summer is over. We will only be talking about movies released in 2019 in the months of May, June, July, and August. We were going to talk about movies that we liked, the movies we didn't like, what maybe surprised us, like it was a good pleasant surprise, or what was a big disappointment as far as movies go 
during that time frame. We will also do just a kind of quick summer recap as our in general thoughts of how were movies or how was the movie going landscape of summer 2019. So starting us off is Heather. Oh man. Okay. What was your favorite movie of the summer this year? It's uh that's a really tough one. I feel like I mean I'm not gonna say that there were like a lot of amazing movies over the summer, but there was just a lot to take in. Honestly, if I'm going off the top of my head here, I think it's it's probably gonna be Rocket Man. I think that was a fantastic movie. Like everything about it was so beautiful, so well done. The acting was phenomenal and like I wasn't, I mean, I was hyped to see it, but it wasn't one of those where I feel like the previews I saw or the trailers like overhyped it or it wasn't there. There's times when movies are just overhyped and it makes me not really want to see it. So it was like the perfect amount of advertising for it. And then when I saw it, I was like, I was completely blown away. Like, I mean, it just was very well paced. It was very, the story was very well told. It was so beautiful. Everything was just excellent in that movie. Like there was legitimately, I just remember even when we were talking about it on the podcast, there, I don't think any of us really could think of much that we did not like about that movie. And even thinking back on it now, I'm like, I genuinely just can't think of anything that I did not like about that movie. So that is for sure going to be mine um, for the summer. Yeah, Rocket Man was definitely a goodie. Mm-hmm. It really was. It had a little bit of everything in it, and I appreciate that. It's definitely an Oscar bait movie, I feel like, for sure, which I'm fine with. Oh, I don't think it is Oscar bait, though. You don't think so? No, it wasn't. To me, it wasn't made just for, for awards. Okay, well, I take it back. Maybe not Oscar bait so much as just I do feel like it's going to get a lot of like nominations for it. Maybe surprisingly so, but it... I think that it it has Oscar written all over it. Man, I, I I definitely understand why you picked that one. I think if somebody were to ask me what was one of the best movies of the summer, I mean, it's definitely got to be in there. And and I don't know if you're a critic or somebody who kind of is like rating movies based on quality. I don't know how Rocket Man is not in your summer movie top list. I mean, it was that good. The the performance that we got was just phenomenal uh, by the lead. You had great supporting work in that movie and the songs and how they use the songs to tell the story properly, how it didn't pull any punches about Elton John's life and it kind of explored some of that and the dark periods of his life and made that really a part of his journey and everything like that. I mean, it, it was definitely one of the best films of this summer for sure. So that was a good pick. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. Th- that's definitely one B for me as far as summer movies go. Nice. Definitely one B. So that's one less thing for me to talk about when we get to my part. <laughs> so, uh, Justin, what was your top summer movie? Okay, so just so the audience can understand how I'm doing this, like, if, if you ask me what my favorite movie of the summer is, you're probably going to d- get a different answer from me than if you were to ask me, well, what do you think was the best movie of the summer? See, w- w- I don't know, I'm, and I guess I'm just weird like that. Uh, for some people, they're they're like, well, the best movie is going to be the one I like the most. It's the favorite, but not to me. I like to, tr- I, I don't know. I kind of have this weird grading system where, like, if somebody asks me what is the best movie, then I'm thinking about, okay, pound for pound, what had the best acting, what told the best story from top to bottom, what like really spoke to me, what were co- what was the film trying to say, what was the message of the film, how important is that, or how does that weigh, or what was the critical response? What did it make at the box office? What was its overall impact? Like, if you ask me what the best is, I'm going to try to look at all of those things. And sometimes that doesn't always line up with what I just personally thought was my favorite movie. So um, with respect to this question of what do I think is my favorite movie? Um, if you were to ask me what was the best you're probably looking at something like a rocket man toy story four like like i'm looking at the summer movies and those to me were two quality wise movies that are really up there uh crawl was another hidden gem that i think 
quality wise just in a film from top to bottom building tension the story progression and everything like that that was another kind of hidden gem book smart i think is one of the better movies to come out over the summer as far as quality is concerned but for me for this what was your favorite movie of the summer I, I'm, I'm i'm going back to the i'm gonna have to go back to the webhead i'm gonna have to go back to july and I'm going with Spider-Man Far From Home. For me, this was my favorite movie of the summer. It was so much fun. It was so wonderfully paced from top to bottom. And Tom Holland, Zendaya, every, every part of the cast, they just brought it in this movie. Jake Gyllenhaal was excellent as Mysterio. And for me, for being a Spider-Man fan and just being a fan of comic book movies in general, this film had everything that I wanted. It told a good story. It gave me some exciting elements. It had some breathtaking special effects. There was some great story element things going on. And then it gave you a, a good ending, a surprise twist ending that you didn't fully see coming. And then it set some pieces in motion for what to expect later for the Marvel Universe. And if you ask me, it ticked all of my fanboy boxes. And that and that truly to me was probably the most fun I had watching a film all summer long. I mean, it 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 had there were high expectations going in. And for me, it met those expectations. And then when I got to the end of it, I just rested on man, this exceeded my expectations. So for me, my personal favorite movie, I'm going with Spider-Man Far From Home. I don't think it's the best movie of the summer, but it is definitely my personal favorite. When you were sitting there and listing all those movies, it was very hard for me not to come on and just say, hurry up and say Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. I figured that was going to be yours too. <laughs> But well, yeah, I was pretty enthusiastic on the podcast for it. So, yeah, y'all probably saw that. Coming. Rightfully so, because like I kind of I think maybe in a way, the way I'm thinking of it is sort of the, along the lines of what you're thinking of with like my favorite might not have been the best one because mine Rocket Man and Spider-Man uh, Far From Home were actually really both up there for me as my favorite ones for the summer. So they, they kind of are sometimes interchangeable, or if you want to look at it the way that you were grading it with, this was the best, but this is my favorite. Like I can totally be right on that same page with you. It was a great movie. You're right. It wasn't like the best technically and all of that, but it was the most, one of the most fun movies for sure. And just, um, yeah, it was just very enjoyable. So I, I totally get that for sure. Yeah. So, so just real quick then, Justin, what, what is your other one then? What's the best of 2019 then? Of the summer, of the summer. Okay, man. And see, that that's where it's really, really hard because, I mean, for me, I, I, I honestly think it's out of Rocket Man and Toy Story 4. And right now I'm kind of sitting on a tie. Like, like I'm like, I'm kind of like, man, you know, I, I'm sitting on a tie with those two. Like, I feel like, but I feel like as far as just the, the, the quality of film from top to bottom, I think those are the two best ones. Like, whether you're talking, cause for an animated film, I, I really think the Toy Story 4 just kind of came in there and just, G grabbed that that brass ring and just took it. It grabbed the football and it just ran all the way to the end zone. Like Toy Story 4 looks amazing. The story was very, very good. There was some, they did some new things in there with some new characters. They introduced all these new characters that were interesting and visually appealing and they were fun. And then it wrapped up in a very satisfying way, despite the, the criticism kind of going in. And that's another thing I look at too when I think of a best. What was being said about this going in? What was the task at hand for this film that, that, that and that's also why spider-man is one of my favorites because it was following endgame which which most people just thought was just the end-all be-all for the mcu and spider-man at the pit you know was in the shadow of that and coming out so there's a level of difficulty there that's something like a rocket man doesn't share and i feel like toy story 4 
it's coming off of Toy Story 3. And everybody's like, dude, it already ended the right way. Why, why do we need a part four? So you're going up against that criticism going in and to hit such a home run. I mean, that ball went out of the ballpark, past the parking lot and <laughs> into somebody's <laughs> uh, uh, kiosk somewhere. You know, that, that, that's how good of a home run that Pixar hit with Toy Story 4. And I think there's got to be something to be said for that. It, it was just for it to have been this to be the fourth film in this. And for the third one to have ended so perfectly in a lot of people's opinion, but this still be a home run is still kind of mind boggling to me, reflecting on the summer. So uh, it's one of those. It's it's Rocket Man or it's Toy Story 4 for me. One of those. Well, see, I'm different than you guys because my favorite movies are always the best because I only pick winners. Oh, boy. So I just have that distinction. We'll be sure to log that way. <laughs> so my my thing with these movies, and I'm going to cheat because I get to do that. So for when it comes to this whole, you know, best of summer 2019, like I alluded to, I have at least a 1A and a 1B. And, and Heather said my 1B when she said uh, Rocket Man. But what I did not allude to is I do also have a 1C. So we'll go, we'll get 1A out, you know, out because there's only one movie that could possibly be, and that would be John Wick 3 Parabellum because it was, it's the best. It's just the greatest thing ever. I kind of feel like the, the film industry was made so that it could culminate in making John Wick 3. Like movies could actually end now. That's fine. (laughs) Because we got John Wick 3. That's all that really matters. But I understand if they want to keep going just so we can get the inevitable John Wick 4. I wouldn't want to end 2 before that. So, you know, there's just really no question Obviously. Um, what I was going to say for that. Um, but my 1C is actually a movie that has been mentioned also during all this, uh, which was Booksmart. I really, really, really enjoyed uh, Booksmart. It was just so smart and so funny and so uh, refreshing and so needed that it just everything about that movie is just a gem. And if you haven't seen it, you're only doing yourself a disservice and you should 100% just uh, watch Booksmart and Rocketman. Rocketman is delightful, too. You know, sing some fun songs, you know. So just do yourself a favor. If you haven't seen any of these summer movies, don't listen to Justin and Heather. Don't waste your time with, you know, a Spider-Man. Give yourself a real treat and watch a John Wick 3, a Booksmart, and a Rocketman. So sort of listen to me. Only partially listen to you. And only partially listen to Justin. I guess you can watch Toy Story 4, too. Toy Story 4 is good, too. Really, you're just saying listen to you more than us. Pretty much. Because I'm the only one that said John Wick three. Mm-hmm. Well, we haven't done the other. We haven't done the other categories yet, man. I mean, what about the hidden gem or the pleasant surprise or any of that stuff? Like, we haven't gotten to ours yet. Yeah, but I don't know how you would be surprised or you would consider John Wick three a hidden gem. You don't even know. It's just, <laughs> just out there in the forefront, just winning it all. Um, I mean, I'll I'll move on to the next one for us. Uh, the worst of this summer and i was thinking about it and i'm like man this is this for this summer that's actually that's actually harder than anything for me to pick which one of these shitbag movies was the worst because there was a lot of them (laughs) this summer there was just a lot of not good movies and i was ever so tempted to mention and have it be x-men dark phoenix because whoa buddy is that movie just shitty? But I'd be dishonest and I'd be doing a disservice because if you've listened to any episode of this podcast, you would know by now that the worst movie this summer is hands down, far and away, without a shadow of a doubt, Midsummer. Because fuck that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that sounds right. It is just the longest, most boring, uninventive, just eyeball stabbing mind melting soul crushing movie of that's ever existed and it just so happened to come out this summer it's basically the anti john wick it's not even that it's the anti 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 john wick oh my it's so anti that it almost reverses upon itself and becomes the same thing but then reverses doubly again so i think that makes it like 400 percent worse than john wick at least (laughs) um 
And somehow, some way, shape, or form, within a couple of weeks, a fucking director's cut of that movie is coming out. Yep, I saw that. Oh, I think it man. might already be out. Really? Oh, well, no, it might have come out in theaters. It was going to do like a one weekend engagement in theaters. But when it comes out on like digital download and, and Blu-ray, uh, it also comes with the director's cut, which honestly, if I'm just going off my mentality with this director, um, he's just going to add at least uh, like 27 millennia of fucking bullshit to it. I feel like he started filming that movie at the beginning of time and just finished filming it last week. And so, you know, whenever he did a movie that was 627,000 years long with Midsummer, and now he's going to do a director's cut and added, you know, deleted scenes. It's just, if you start watching it now, it still won't be over by the time the universe collapses again upon itself. <laughs> and yet he never did a director's cut of Hereditary, did he? And I would have been way more interested to see a director's cut of that if it explained everything like you had said. I don't think he had thought that far ahead. I don't think all these things that he said were in hereditary that weren't really in hereditary. I just don't think he thought far enough ahead to actually film those scenes. And in this one, he did. <laughs> and it's not going to save this movie. Let's be real. The last thing this movie needs is more time and more scenes. I mean, unless this director's cut is a cool 87 minutes long, it's not going to be worth it. <laughs> Justin, what about you? What was your least favorite of 2019? the summer edition. All right. So, man, and again, this is kind of one of those subjects kind of like the favorite. Like uh, to me, I have a one that is more of a personal disappointment because of how much I anticipated it, because of how much a potential I saw in it. And then there's just a movie that I thought was just the was just the worst. Like for me, okay, you went with Midsummer, but the the first one, the one you said before that, The Dark Phoenix, I really just think that that is the worst. I, to me, that was just the bottom of the barrel. It was so uninteresting. It is such a waste of a cast. I mean, to me, that is pound for pound to me, the, the, the worst film of this summer. I think that pound for pound, I can make a compelling argument that that was just the worst one. But for me, personally speaking, uh, and this might come to as a surprise to some, but for me, my personal, uh, disappointment of the summer was Brightburn. And, and I didn't get to do the, the podcast with you guys. So, but, but, but I did hear it. And I, and, and a lot of the things that you guys shared about Bright Burn were some of the similar sentiments that I had. But man, I can't tell you how much I personally anticipated that film. I was so enthusiastic and I was just so excited about this concept of what happens if Superman goes bad. And I thought that this film with the horror movie element was just going to be a game changer. I thought that it was going to tell a different type of story. This, this hero that this guy that this kid that could have been a hero and he becomes this villain and is this tragic, almost tragic, but horrific story about this someone who had the potential to be a hero becoming this villain. But what I got was just such a by the numbers bland just just poor use of the the the, the superhero tropes not very good character development at all. I mean, the ship just basically spoke to the kid and suddenly he was like, oh, it's time for me to be evil. Parents and grownups making terrible decisions left and right, just decisions where you go, you just scratch your head and go, okay, what? A second ago, you loved him. Now you want to kill him? Like, I don't know, man. Like, like that movie to me was such a giant misstep. But the previews, the anticipation that was built was just so good. And then for it to be what it was, to me, that is just my biggest disappointment. I walked out just deflated and I was so disappointed. And I was like, man, dude, the, the, uh, to me, that is one of the films this year that has some of the most potential. But to me, just fell so short of that potential. So for me personally, it's definitely Brightburn. Heather, your turn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do have to agree sort of with like, I mean, there were, there were a lot of, um, 
not good movies <laughs> that came out this summer. Um, and Dark Phoenix is definitely a close one, but 100% Midsummer was just the worst one. <laughs> like it, I mean, I can't really say much more than what Sterling already said, which is why I didn't really expound on it because I was like, no, that's basically what I was going to say too. Like it's just, I mean, other than the fact that it's beautifully shot, there is zero in that movie that I enjoyed. And that it's been a very long time since I have not liked a movie that much. <laughs> and I mean, and I don't even like dislike it as much as Sterling does, which is, you know, that, that, that'd be hard though. Cause I think he dislikes it more than pretty much anything in the world. But, um, it's just, it, it was so bad. Like, I just remember leaving it just not satisfied with anything in it and just being like, what did I just watch? And why did I just watch that? So unfortunately for, you know, Midsummer. That is like by and large the worst movie of the summer, probably of the year too <laughs> at this point so far, but definitely of the summer. Well, let's let's keep going then. So what what for you, Heather, was the biggest surprise movie of this summer? See, this is kind of where I'm like you in the sense of I have like a like an A B C situation, but Definitely biggest surprise for me um, is actually Booksmart. Like, I did not expect that to be as funny and as good as it was. I figured it would just be okay, but it was really, really good. So for me, that was my biggest surprise. I was pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed that movie. And... um yeah, I'm I'm just like I'm super excited because it's now available to own, so I'm like really looking forward to watching it again on iTunes. Like it's it's a really fun movie and it's really well done. Um it's yeah, like kind of like you were saying Sterling, it's it's smart and it's funny and it's all of the things that you want in a comedy. And I think for me, it's so hard for me to put like a a straight up comedy movie as like one of my favorites, but this is just it's probably it's one of the best comedies i've seen in a very long time and um and it's interesting because i was watching um it made me think of the super bad movie from several years ago so i ended up watching that recently and i was like for that time that it came out which was what like 10 years ago it was it was funny but this movie is just better than that even i think personally i think it's better but i mean it's just it's so hard for me to just highly praise a comedy movie and for me that one is just it's top-notch awesomeness and it, it it probably would be definitely um up there in my top three of the summer of favorites but it's definitely my number one biggest surprise um i mean and it's weird because i do feel like there were so many this summer that did surprise me um good boys also being one of those was a huge surprise too as a comedy and just in general like it was better than i expected it to be for sure and um there was another one i was thinking of that was like surprisingly better than i expected it to be and i'm trying to remember which one it was though um it might have been no maybe that was it i don't know but definitely i the one and the two are those for sure so for me yeah definitely book smart and oh i know what it was it's uh ready or not which we just talked about um that movie was surprisingly way better than i expected it to be and i am super thrilled with how that movie turned out so yeah those are my top three but for sure number one is book smart justin go all right so for me i, I do kind of have a 1a and a 1b type of situation uh definitely 1b is also book smart i mean that was a great film it was an unexpected film uh i, I when we decided to record for that i was like uh oh i wonder what i'm walking into here and i knew olivia Wilde was directing and was kind of like this was her first d directorial debut so i was kind of like oh, i don't know what to expect here but yeah that that movie is one of the the quality wise it's got to be one of the best films of the summer as far as the chemistry of the leads and the story. And it was refreshing all the things that you guys said before. But my one A is going to be Crawl. 
that I, which is it's surprising me that I'm even saying that, but I mean, this was such a good movie, man. Like, and as far as kind of like, it's more like animal or nature horror, I guess you could say. But honestly, man, out of the horror movies that we've got so far, and there's been a few, you know, there was kind of the scary movies to tell in the dark. And then you had a child's play that came out during the summer. And, you know, so you had a couple Midsummer, the daylight horror. So you had a couple. But out of all of these movies, if you would have told me before the summer hit that crawl, this movie about these people trapped and alligators are trying to eat them is going to be the best horror movie of the summer. I would have laughed at you. I would have laughed you out of the building. But let me tell you, out of all of the horror movies of the summer, Crawl is pound for pound the the champion. It is wearing the golden gloves and it is the champion. It has the best story. It builds tension the best. The practical and special effects were used well. The story elements are great. The dialogue feels realistic and it feels like you. There really is this father-daughter relationship. And I have to pick this as my biggest surprise because I totally didn't see this coming at all. And this is coming from someone. I'm not a shark NATO guy. I'm not a animal horror guy you know that, that that is not my thing i am the furthest from that i am not uh, what you would call a fan of these kind of animal or nature horror films Th those are not really my best genre but i was impressed with this and this turned out to be one of the my, the my most favorite experiences watching a movie this summer so for me crawl takes it as my pleasant surprise well justin boy oh boy did you steal part of my thunder because crawl is definitely definitely one of my surprises for this year pretty much for a lot of the same reasons you stated except i am a sharknado guy love me some sharknado movies i mean justin they went to fucking outer space man come on it's amazing but <laughs> on the, as far as it to say something different here um it would have to be uh aladdin honestly i was beyond shocked and surprised and uh happy with how the new aladdin turned out um especially because i i don't like the animated aladdin movie i'm not really a big fan of that and when you have naomi scott and will smith just own two of your more iconic characters in 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 disney and you know the guy that played aladdin he, he did an okay enough job i mean it, it and just to have Jafar be my biggest disappointment in a movie like that, I think really just kind of speaks well to how Guy Ritchie handled it. I mean, I just, I just absolutely loved Will Smith and Naomi Scott so much. Like, I know it won't happen, but I would not be offended if they got just some nominations when it comes to award season. I'm not saying they should win or anything like that, but just if there was a nomination, I'd be like, good. They did fantastic jobs. And I just can't speak enough of how much I really enjoyed um, Aladdin. And, and honestly, like I said, how surprised I was with it. Because, yeah, like I said, just going in, man, oh, man. Like, this movie had a lot of obstacles to overcome to even get me to that point. Because when I'm already starting at a negative point, because I don't like the source material for this, you know, it did its job. And it did its job very, very well. Any other thoughts, guys, before we move on to the next part? I do. I do agree with you, Sterling. I actually just recently saw Aladdin for the first time um, and it was really good. Like I, I I'm actually a fan of the original, the, the original Aladdin, but I really liked the take they did on this. And they they took some liberties with it that I think paid off. And um yeah, like the version of the genie that they did here, like the best thing they did was letting Will Smith just do his Will Smith thing with it. And um, Naomi Scott, I had never seen her in anything before. And she really, she knocked it out of the park. She did a great job. And yeah, I totally agree. I think it was really well done. And even the additional songs that they put in it, or the one song, at least the one that Jasmine had, great, you know, great song. It was beautiful. It looked magical. 
I totally agree with that. It was it was definitely because I think I was comparing it with a lot of the other you know Disney remakes that they've been doing, um, aka Lion King and uh, Beauty and the Beast, ones like that, where I'm just kind of like meh, you know, on them all together. But this one actually did a good job of making it fresh and new in a good way. All right, on to the the next part then, which will be our uh, biggest. Uh, disappointments of this summer and I'm actually I've got a little bit more of a I'm not going to go with a specific movie on this I'm going to go with kind of a concept if you will like an idea a philosophy uh, which for me would be um, the biggest disappointment for me this this past summer was more or less in general the entire summer of 2019 when it came to movies there was just so many movies that were set up for success or had the potential to be good and i don't know whether it was studio interference or or what that they were just painful painful to watch i mean so many things are trying to set up cinematic universes uh because of the success marvel's had and and the gaining success that the the dceu is getting uh, over its last couple of movies that they're trying to make their own and in doing so I just don't feel like they understand what has made those good. Like the Marvel Cinematic Universe worked because they set everything up in individual movies and took their time to finally culminate by doing an Avengers movie. And they really laid the groundwork very well through those solo efforts. And DC tried to rush that by starting us off with a Batman versus Superman. Well, not starting us off, but two movies in because they did Man of Steel and then Batman versus Superman. And they've lately learned that by making quality solo efforts that these movies will be both critically and financially received better. When you look at Wonder Woman or Aquaman or Shazam, they're, you know, they're moving back towards that direction and learning that that's how you can build something that can actually sustain itself. But then you look at this summer and you see things like Men in Black International or uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix or uh, Godzilla King of Monsters and a lot of movies like that. They're really just trying to rush into being something more than they than what they can sustain themselves at at that time. I mean, when you look at Godzilla King of Monsters, they are trying to build this big kaiju universe because the next movie is Godzilla versus King Kong. And in doing so, this director didn't understand what people want in a monster movie. So much so that when he talked about, you know, it's like 90% monster and all this other shit, I don't think he understands what 90% means or what a monster is because 90% of that movie wasn't monsters or at least in a cohesive enough ma- ma- uh, manner that it actually worked. When you look at Men in Black International, which is trying to expand upon the previously established Men in Black universe and trying to actually grow it out and to make it of a bigger franchise. They took two people with what we know from Thor Ragnarok and Avengers Endgame that have amazing chemistry in Chris Hemsworth and... uh Oh, shit. What's her name? Tessa Thompson. That's it. Tessa Thompson. Uh, Two people that have amazing chemistry together and then just put them in a soulless movie and just went, hey, they did it in Thor Ragnarok. It'll be fine. This movie will just work, even though the script doesn't dictate that it will. Let's just say it'll be okay. Or when you look at X-Men Dark Phoenix, which... I know a lot of people tried to blame uh, Disney for, but all Disney did was release it. Uh, Everything about it was shot and all this other stuff before Disney even bought Fox. It just was just a garbage fest of a movie. Like it had everything in the world just not working and that somebody was sitting there going, nope, it's working. And obviously just not seeing what was going on 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 the screen and what they were filming and what they were writing. And then you look at something like Justin mentioned with Brightburn, which wanted to also establish a a cinematic universe. They talked about also having there be, uh, at the end of the movie, that there was going to be like a Brightburn universe, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and all this other stuff. So they were planning that from the beginning, you know, and so much so that they wanted to get to point B, or in this case, point F, before they even establish what point A is. You know, they're not, they're all wanting the end result of what Marvel has, but none of them are actually putting in the work or figuring out 
what Marvel did to get there to actually even remotely come close to doing something like that within their own movies. I mean, they really are just all falling apart from the get go because the focus of what needs to happen to establish an ongoing series is not there. They're not focused on making just something a quality now. They're just wanting to establish something so that they can make it, you know, movies two through five through the next few years. And hopefully after this summer, you know, maybe that trend will stop because fortunately none of those movies did anything of consequence at the box office. Yeah. And that's ultimately what changes Hollywood's minds about doing things like this is if they don't make money, they're going to reevaluate things. And I'm hoping that this summer gets studios to reevaluate how they're trying to establish those things. Uh, Justin, go. Well, yeah, you definitely made a lot of uh, interesting points about just um, an overview of some of those box office movies that try to follow that universe formula and really just maybe should have concentrated on just a, a, a singular effort that was good. Just concentrate on that single movie and making that of quality. And I already spoke about Brightburn as my, you know, that that, that to me was just the personal worst that I had. But as far as uh, disappointments, I mean, there are just uh, so many of them in here that 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 were definitely um just disappointing and things like that but uh, but to be different i don't want to just restate the same film and even though maybe in a lot in some ways brightburn was my most disappointing i, I do want to kind of talk about the lion king because man like it, it's funny because you spoke about aladdin uh, earlier and talked about how they, they, they took these risks with that and they made some changes that were good changes and they tried to do some things in that and not all of them hit the target, but, but most of them did and it made for an enjoyable film. And when I look at Lion King, it's almost a polar opposite where like they didn't like for the most part, they just tried to give you a carbon copy of the the classic film but then there were just these head scratching kind of mind-numbing changes with certain characters like Rafigi the monkey or certain events that just didn't make sense shoehorning singing numbers like the beyonce single and things like that and there were just these kind of head scratching decisions made that really just brought the quality of that film down. And of course, the film, the, the reputation of the Lion King Disney film is so great that of course this film did well. It, you know, you're not going to hear about that because it was a box office success. We're going to continue to get these uh, live action or kind of more realistic versions of these Disney films. So this is going to be a trend that can continue. But what I fear is that I hope that we get more of what kind of Aladdin tried to do and less of what the Lion King did. I hope that we don't wind up just getting a bunch of carbon copies of things where the emotion, the the excitement and kind of some of the energy that those animated films had is lost in these more realistic portrayal versions of these films. So my fear, it, it, it's not only that Lion King was disappointing, like, like it was okay, but I, I wanted that to be great. I wanted to enjoy that as much or even more as the original film. And my fear is, is that could this be a harbinger for things to come? Are we going to see more of stuff like this? Just not as interesting, not as energetic versions of these live action films. And since we know there are more on the horizon, it just makes me kind of fear for what's to come. And especially because Lion King made money at the box office. So Disney is seeing a winning formula. This is going to continue. Yeah, that is the unfortunate thing about it is Disney is not going to learn a lesson from this because Lion King made a stupid amount of money. Yeah, it did. So as far as they're concerned, people want more. Yep. You know, and and that's plain and simple. You know, 
It's just people want more of it. And unfortunately, I mean, we can we can bemoan and and you know and and speak out against it all we want, but when it comes down to it, people saying they don't like a movie, but it making a billion dollars, Disney's only going to care about one of those things. <laughs> right. Yep, that you is know? right. And it, it it's the same with people just bitching and moaning all over the internet about Captain Marvel or Black Panther. Yeah. Well, they made a billion dollars. Disney's going to listen to that more than your bullshit. True that. So, you know, so when it boils down to it, like, yes, and that's one reason why I didn't mention uh, Lion King and all that, which Lion King does fit into that, but Lion King doesn't fit into the narrative of they're going to learn a lesson, hopefully. Yeah. Because they didn't. They, And I can't blame Disney for that. I can't blame Disney for not learning a lesson because they went, apparently enough people liked it that it made a billion. I mean, for a movie to make a billion dollars, that means it has to get rewatches. Yep. And it got enough of them. And that's all Disney cares about. And if I'm not mistaken, so, Aladdin also made a billion dollars too, right? So... Um, I don't know if it made a billion. I know it made a, it made it made a lot. I thought though. it did, but or it got close. And so I'm looking at. So when I look at it, it's like when I'm if I'm Disney, I'm going well, regardless of what we do, whether we make some changes and take some risk or we take hardly any at all. Whoa, either way, we were successful, so we can just kind of do whatever we want. You know that they, they just like you said, no lesson is going to be learned you know it'd be different if you could if one did so great and the other one not so much and you could look at the two and go oh man well look how much better this one did than this one we need to go more with this than that but that is not the case here both of those films did well at the box office and they both took two different approaches to classic films so disney's gonna go well both approaches work and that's my biggest fear is we're going to get more. Sometimes we're going to get an Aladdin and then sometimes we're going to get a Lion King. And that's just, you know, <laughs> I, I, you know, and that's just something I'm kind of fearful of, you know. Um, And for clarification purposes, Justin, you are right. It made a billion dollars. OK, cool. Thought so. Yeah. So, yeah, like, like I said, oh, well, no matter what we do, do we take chances and try to, you know, make characters a little more relevant? Sure. Made a billion dollars. Or can we just give them a carbon copy of the old cartoon, what they remember and just uh, make dumb changes? Well, either way, it worked. <laughs> you got a billion, you got a billion both ways. So you can just do either one. Like you said, no lessons learned. Either way, we're successful. Right. Yeah. Uh, Heather, what about you? I mean, yeah, I definitely couldn't agree more about The Lion King and how disappointing that was, but also just for the sake of being different. And it is also, I, I think it is actually my number one disappointment is actually the film that just came out, Don't Let Go. Um, and I think for me, it was the most disappointing because that genre of movie is like my favorite like suspense thrillers are just my favorite and just because of the acting that they had behind it and the story itself was so intriguing i really just expected a lot more out of the movie i wouldn't say it's the biggest disappointment as in like it was just a terrible movie altogether but very lacking in the ways that it should not have been um it just it didn't really tell a complete story. Like it's kind of like the characters and the relationships of the characters had a complete full circle of, you know, everything with them, but the actual story and the mystery, the whole thing of like trying to figure out who killed this detective's family and why. And all of that was very like secondary. It felt like almost. And I was just a little disappointed in that. Like it was definitely suspenseful, the whole way through, like I was captivated the whole time with everything going on in this movie, but just kind of that feeling at the end of a letdown of like, oh, that was it. Okay. Well, you could have probably done a lot more with that. And I just feel like it was, you know, it just, it kind of tried to rush through the story just to get you to the end goal of what they were trying to say happened. And it just made the movie suffer as a whole because it didn't tell a complete story. So that for me is going to be my biggest disappointment just because I really love movies like that. Like it kind of just reminded me of the same tone and everything of the movie Prisoners. 
which is like probably one of my favorite mystery thriller movies. Um, and so just those types of movies are so great. And I really had such high hopes for this. And David Oyelowo, who's the lead in this, he played uh, Martin Luther King in the movie uh, Selma. He is so fantastic and he's such a great actor. And Storm Reed, who I have recently seen a lot in the show Euphoria, she plays one of the characters. I mean, I'm just like, man, this is phenomenal acting. It's going to be so great. And it really just kind of does show you like, just because it's got good acting does not mean it's going to be a good story altogether, which I probably should have known that already from tons of other movies I've seen. But just the premise of it was so interesting that I, it just surprised me that they didn't pull it together as well as they should have. So unfortunately, don't let go. Not saying it's a bad movie, but just definitely the biggest disappointment of the ones I've seen this summer. So with everything being said, uh, let's talk about just like our overall thoughts of the uh, 2019 summer. Uh, once again, starting with you, Heather. Yeah, so it's <laughs> unfortunately... The movies this summer, I do feel like have been more lacking than they should be, especially because, you know, that's why summer movie season is such a big deal because so much is coming out. It's supposed to be all these great and fun movies. That everyone wants to see lots of action, lots of comedies, lots of everything, really. Like you get a whole bag of everything. And it just, there were too many disappointments in this summer for me to really just feel like I, th there were some gems that definitely did come out of it. Like we were talking about earlier in the podcast, but um, just as a whole, it was a very lackluster summer of movies altogether. And I think I've probably seen more movies this summer than I had a lot recently in the past couple of years. So it's kind of like, mm, I figured seeing more, you're going to find more that you like and enjoy this in the summer. But it just, it was pretty much a letdown in general. Kind of like you were saying, Sterling, where it's like just <laughs> the whole summer movie season was a disappointment as a whole. So um, I, I am very thankful for those rare gems that came out of it. I'm very thankful for surprise movies because in the midst of all the ones that come out, you're just kind of like, wow, a surprise is good. Like it's, it's getting my attention more than all these others, like, you know, for, from formulaic or just kind of, you know, these types of movies are coming and all of that kind of like, you know, in the fall, it's going to be horror movie season because Halloween and everything. But um, yeah, so in the midst of the, you know, formulaic way that they do summer movies. I'm glad that there were a lot of surprises that I liked in it. Like, I mean, it's not that often that a movie surprises me in a good way, like with how good it is. So to have that many good surprises in the summer, I did like. But unfortunately, there were a lot of good surprises because the general whole of the summer movies was really lacking. Justin, your turn. All right. So... Yeah, this was definitely um, an interesting summer, just with uh, not only just the release of movies, but all the different storylines that came out and different things like that. There were definitely a lot of uh, uh, interesting things to take away from this summer. But um, but 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 for me, it's just uh, I, I think overall, uh you know, we got a lot of sequels. There were reboots, and then there were kind of these, like, the, not quite reboots, but almost like continuations of these other franchises and things like that, like your Dark Phoenix or like your Men in Black and stuff like that. And a lot of these movies kind of struggled um, at the at the box office, and a lot of these reboot films and things like that just didn't quite make the money that studios thought that they would. And it kind of just says something about, I wonder if the, 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 what, what people are liking or what you used to be able to get away with, with some of these movies where you just tacked on the, the name of something people are familiar with like men in black and you go oh man that was popular so people would definitely come see it but the movie just isn't very good you know the quality just isn't very good it's not enthusiastic it's not changing anything it's not taking any real risk to try to 
make it feel fresh and different. And I wonder if maybe the box office numbers are starting to crack down on some of that, because a lot of the reboots and stuff like that that did well were ones that took chances, the ones that kind of made things feel a little bit more fresh, like your Aladdin and stuff like that. Though we did talk about The Lion King where it, it wasn't quite the case, but Lion King is so is one of those where it kind of can get a pass on its reputation. That's just such a beloved movie. So that's kind of one of those special cases. But there were a lot of sequels this year that did struggle. Toy Story eventually uh, made the money that it should have. But 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 initially there was a struggle and people were questioning, man, why, why aren't people why aren't more people going to see this? Why isn't it making that domestic money faster? Uh, so I do think that this is kind of an indication that something is changing. And I'm wondering. Um, if we're going to see a completely different kind of approach to summer next year, just given how low and and, and j just given the lack of results that some of these movies had when they had the formula for success, but um, but but just didn't quite deliver at the box office. Godzilla King of the Monsters is another one that I'm thinking about and kind of what you were saying, Sterling, just the these attempts to create universes or these attempts to kind of make money off of these established names. And not a lot of those movies got the results that they that were projected. So I wonder if we are like in the midst of things kind of changing for the kinds of movies we'll see in the summer. Yeah, I definitely agree with you guys when it comes to my thoughts of this past summer, you know, in a lot of ways. And I mean, I'm more or less going to have to mirror what I said in my disappointment section that moving forward next summer and in future summers, I'm hoping these studios have learned some lessons. I mean, we run the risk of some of it. Like they they've already filmed most of King Kong. Uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. So we're getting that next year. And some of these, I think maybe that'll help them put some of these things on slow because, I mean, we're getting another Bad Boys movie next year, which who knows what that could be. That could be, you know, it could be like the first Bad Boys or like the beginning 90% of Bad Boys 2. Or it could just be a two hour long version of the last 10 minutes of Bad Boys or the last 10% of Bad Boys 2, which is garbage. Um, we're getting a, uh, you know, like I mentioned, we're getting Godzilla versus King Kong. We're getting a weird all-star cast version of Dr. Doolittle, um, coming next year, which also then puts it in that mix of maybe it's amazing. Maybe it's not. And I think with some of this stuff from this summer, maybe they're going to start putting a lot of these franchises like that on hold because they got Robert Downey Jr., to play Dr. Doolittle. And so I'm wondering if they're expecting that to be a franchise, you know, and obviously they're trying to do that with King Kong and Godzilla. And they're trying to do that, you know, with bad boys, they're trying to expand upon that even more now. So it's just one of those things that maybe we're going to see some of that slow down, you know, maybe a franchise can just, I'm not against franchises. I mean, we could have something like the fast and furious franchise, which went eight movies in before it did a fucking spinoff and the spinoff was pretty good and you know and they're doing the ninth movie comes out next year things like that i'm okay with like continue to build these franchises but you've got to use the building blocks that these franchises have established you know um the x-men franchise didn't do that this summer the men in black franchise didn't do that this summer I mean, fuck, King Kong didn't even do that this summer. And its franchise was established with one other movie as far as this new version of Godzilla. So it really just depends on how they're going to approach these things. You know, next summer, I mean, we're going to have some Marvel movies. We're going to have, like I mentioned, uh, Fast and the Furious 9. Um, we're going to have some of these big tentpole movies again. What we're really going to see is if maybe between now and then, some of these movies might get some reshoots and maybe to taper back some of the things that they were going for this summer that they were already just planning for again next summer, you know, so maybe they'll do some reshoots and maybe take some of that aspect out of it to just kind of make it another movie in a franchise instead of just trying to automatically make a universe out of something. 
because what people don't understand when it comes to a lot of this stuff, and by people I mean studios, Marvel's cinematic universe is able to work because they already have a universe. They've already got the Marvel comic universe. So it works as a cinematic universe because essentially it could also work as not one. They could just be doing some solo movies here and there and then adding a couple of characters from those respective titles into those movies. They could do this a multitude of ways, but because they're basing it off comic books and that they already have that inherent universe already built, all they're doing is tweaking that and making movies out of it. And so it's a lot harder to just create a universe. And that's what so many of these studios are trying to do. I mean, you look back a couple of years ago, when they were trying to do the dark universe, which was the monster movies like your Dracula, your mummy, your Wolfman, uh, your Invisible Man, your Creature from the Black Lagoon. They were going to try to make a universe out of all those. And originally it was going to start with Dracula Untold, but that didn't quite work out. So they're like, all right, that's fine. We'll do it with the mummy. And they really tried to do that in the mummy. They were really trying to like establish a cinematic universe within the context of that film. So then that way they could move forward and add a Dracula. And they had already cast an Invisible Man movie that was going to be in that universe. But nobody gave a fuck about that movie because it tries so hard to establish a universe that it forgets that it needs to establish a movie first. And it bombed so hard that they immediately scrapped everything for it. And... We're no longer even going to do the Invisible Man movie that they had already started pre-production work on. And more often than not, that's typically what happens in situations like this. Honestly, if they hadn't already started filming Godzilla versus King Kong, based on how bad financially this new one did, I don't think they would have even done Godzilla versus King Kong like this, based solely on Godzilla King of Monsters uh, performance. So I'm hoping just like you guys are, that we are going to see a a market correction. Um, I don't think we'll get it in 2020. I think 2020 is a little too soon because some of these bigger franchises and these bigger movies are already already in production, you know, by the time uh, they learn these lessons. So I don't feel like we're going to see it next year, but I do hope maybe in 2021, we're going to actually just see a big market uh, market correction with some of those things. And maybe if they do want to reboot some franchises and stuff like that, and they do want to build a cinematic universe or something like that, maybe they'll realize that you do have to slow play it and just put out a movie that will work by itself to where if you do end up getting a universe out of it, that's great. If you don't, you're fine there too. (laughs) Like not everything has to be that. And I do feel, and I do hope that some of these things that we are seeing will help with that because when you look at something like a John Wick, it's created a franchise essentially out of nothing. They just had a singular movie that very much works as a solo movie. If there was never a John Wick 2 or 3, John Wick 1 would still 100% work. But it did so well, they were able to build a 2. And with 2, 99.9% of it works just as a sequel to the first one and could end there. But because of the success the first one had, they were able to add that cliffhanger ending at the end of it to allude to a John Wick 3. But even then, if they never made a John Wick 3, it could have it could have almost still ended there and been fine. And it would have just added more to the mystery that is John Wick. It would have actually played into the hands of the character they created if they never created a third one, you know. So that's what I've really liked about this franchise is it's slow played building a franchise because three could have ended and been it. It could have just been a trilogy and it would have very much still worked. You know, it still had a it still has a cliffhanger ending, but it's not just so mind bogglingly so that you need a sequel like you crave a sequel. You want a sequel, but the story would still work ending there and hopefully if that continues to do it that way that maybe other franchises will learn that you could build something from the ground up by just focusing at at the time at the movie at hand don't look forward just focus on the movie you have in front of you and it'll probably work out better in the end i hope that that's the lesson that studios learn at the end of this disappointing summer for them, especially in the box office. Because if you weren't Disney, boy, you did not make a lot of money this year if you weren't Disney. Yeah. Man, ain't that the truth? 
Sony made a little because of Spider-Man. And by little, I mean a billion. But when you look at it, Disney sat there and made multiple billions this summer. And now granted, they do own more movie properties than anybody else at the moment. But at the same time, they scrapped a lot of the shit Fox was working on. You know, a lot of the movies in pre-production that Fox had, Disney scrapped them. So it's not like, you know, more, you know, the same amount of movies were coming out and Disney was just making more money. Technically, less movies came out this summer because a lot of the stuff that Fox might have put out and stuff like that didn't happen. You know, it wasn't quite the same type of output that you would typically get. So Disney, you know, unfortunately, when we're talking about learning lessons, it really does all apply to everybody. But Disney, Disney's its own universe now, like it's its own animal. You can't really count it into anything else. So I'm hoping the other studios learn lesson. And I just hope Disney doesn't completely fall over on itself from just pure hubris. So we'll see. Any final thoughts, guys? Nope. I'm good. Nope. I think we got it. Well, then on that note, thank you guys for listening to the Cinema Slayers podcast. Uh, Hit us up. We will have some more movie reviews coming up for you guys, uh, especially because next week uh, we will have an episode of It Chapter 2 out for you guys. So look forward to that. Hit us up on Facebook. Let us know if there's any movies out there that you would want us to review, even if they've already come out. Maybe they're old. Maybe they're new. Maybe they're just a surprise and they went straight to a DVD or whatever. I don't know why we still say that. Straight to DVD isn't even a thing anymore, but we still say it. Uh, Maybe it went straight to consumer purchasable or video on demand or something like that. And you think it's something we might enjoy or we might hate, or you just want to hear us do a take on it. Let us know any of that stuff. Um, Check us out on Facebook, or in, which is Cinema Slayers Podcast. Check us out on Twitter or Instagram, which is Cinema underscore Slayers. Check us out on any of these numbered things. Check us out at www.cinemaslayers.com. I'm tired of saying check us out, so I'm not going to say check us out anymore for this outro. But thank you guys for listening. And once again, remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner. Mm-hmm.